If you haven't already rated and reviewed the Single Tracks podcast in your podcast app, now's the time to do it. We're randomly selecting listener reviews to read on the show, and if we choose yours, you'll get a free Single Tracks hat in the mail. Hit pause right now, write a quick review, and then listen to future episodes to find out if you won yourself a hat. Happy trails. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. My name is Jeff, and today my guest is Lindsay Richter. Lindsay founded Ladies All Ride as a movement dedicated to growing the community of female mountain bikers across the globe. She's a former professional mountain bike racer and was also a contestant on the reality television show Survivor. Thanks for joining us, Lindsay. Well, hello. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So tell us how you were first introduced to mountain biking. Well, you know, I was an athlete in high school, and it's pretty much how I define myself. Sports were my whole world. And then I went off to college and didn't play sports anymore. And I lost my fitness and kind of lost my identity with that. Uh, but my dad had bought me a mountain bike, a, uh, I think, specialized hard rock to take to college as my transportation And when I would come home, I went to college in Arizona, but I grew up in Portland, Oregon. And when I would come home for my breaks, my summer breaks and spring breaks, my dad and I would go ride fire roads outside of Portland because there's no trails in Portland. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Still. (laughs) Yep. Still. Um, And then after college, I kind of jumped right into the working world, got a great job in advertising and PR and still really struggled to get my fitness back. I really missed the camaraderie of team sports and kind of didn't know where to turn. And this was in the mid nineties. So, um, one day my dad and I were riding up this fire road called leaf Erickson road, one of the only like dirt fire roads right outside the city. And a group of, of guys who seemed to be kind of racing each other rode past us. And I looked at my dad and said, I'm going to catch them. And I remember just hammering as hard as I could to catch up with this group. And, you know, I, I reached my goal and I turned around and came back to my dad and he said, you should really try racing. And, <laughs> you know, I was early 20s, mid 90s, and uh, the Internet wasn't really around yet. And I uh, went to a shop and they talked about the Oregon bike racing series. And I just threw myself into mountain bike racing. And that was sort of my first experience, even with single track, was just entering a bunch of races. And that's kind of where it all started, mid-90s, toe clip pedals and a hardtail and (laughs) off I went. Yeah. Wow. Well, you said you were into some sports and being active in high school before you went to college. Were you into like team sports? Because it seems like mountain biking attracts people who, who aren't into team sports for, for lack of a better explanation, right? It's, it's more of an individual sport, but it sounds like maybe you found community and like what you were looking for despite it being sort of an individual sport. That's exactly what happened. I was a part of team sports, basketball and soccer, but as I entered my final years of high school, well, really kind of freshman, my whole high school career, I think I I quit soccer and basketball and focused on track and field and cross country Mm. running. And so track and field, that was kind of my first experience with being on a team, but kind of being in control of your own results and your own training. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like mountain biking really fulfilled that for me. Just like you said, I, I found community. I, I sort of struggled in college. Once I left high school and didn't have sports, I, I didn't really know who I was or even what hmm. my interests were. And I joined a sorority in college, which was probably one of the worst things someone like me could do. And I definitely did not fit in. I had a lot of energy and I wasn't expending it in any way. And these, these women in my sorority just wanted to party and that kind of wasn't my thing. And, and like you said, once I found mountain biking again in my early twenties, I felt like I started to come back to myself and see where I fit in in this world. It's, it's kind of a sport that, that encourages aggressive energy. You know, it's like people who have a lot of aggressive energy need an outlet and, Mountain biking sort of gave me that outlet to get this energy out, but also to feel like I was a part of something. Yeah. Well, yeah, clearly you're, you're really passionate about mountain biking and, and you, everything that you do seems, you know, really geared towards sharing the sport with others. What, what makes mountain biking special to you? But like, more importantly, like, why do you want to share it with other people? 
You know, like I said, I, I felt like I'd lost myself for a while and mountain biking helped me find my path back to myself. And I really believe mountain biking is the kind of sport that is a catalyst for growth and change. It's, hmm. you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't really feel like I fit in with women and I, I, that meant I wasn't really finding my people. And when I started racing, I felt a sense of community right away. I felt like I had something in common with everyone standing on the start line. I feel like there's this unspoken joy between mountain bikers of like, I know something the rest of the world doesn't know. I can do a sport that's really hard and challenging. And I found that it, it really changed my life. It really helped me see who, who I was. It's, it's a sport that forces you to learn to be the pilot and not the passenger. And I think a lot of my life, I lived kind of like a passenger, just sort of following the norm and doing what I thought I was supposed to do. And mountain biking started teaching me to think for myself and to control the things I can control. And when I found this community and found this sport that really brought out my true colors and helped me improve myself through the sport, I became very passionate of wanting, wanting other women to know this sport and this lifestyle exists for them because I didn't know it did until I found it. And I felt like, well, somebody needs to be a voice to help more people see what this sport can do for their lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that like looking back, like, do you wish you had found it earlier? Like Nika wasn't around back then, but yeah. I mean, do you think it would have made a difference had you been introduced to, at an earlier age? I think so. When I see the younger generation, you know, people my age, I'm in my forties. And when I see their kids learning to mountain bike and the camaraderie that it's, it's brought to their lives, you know, kids who don't necessarily go to the same schools, but their parents are friends and they're meeting up to go ride on the weekends. I'm finding these kids are really adaptable. They're really, they have, a, they have a growth mindset because they see the challenges and the successes that come from learning to mountain bike. Um, I'm such a believer that mountain biking can bring about so many life lessons for people that the earlier you can learn these life lessons through a sport that physically shows you a lot of them, the, just the more, I think the quicker that I would have matured in life. Cause that was a big thing for me. I felt like I was a real late bloomer and really immature for much of my life. And mountain biking really kind of set me straight. It humbled me. It made me realize what I'm capable of. It helped me learn to think for myself and believe in myself. It, it taught me the, the beauty of supporting your fellow females and lifting each other up instead of tearing each other down. So yes, I think my life would have been very different if I would have learned something like this at an earlier age. However, I also believe that we're all on the path we're on for a reason. And the course of my life panned out the way it did because that's what I needed to become the person I am today. Yeah. Huh. Well, you talk in your coaching a lot about using mountain biking to build self-esteem in yourself and in others. So what do you think about mountain biking compared to say other sports or activities makes it so effective at doing that for people? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like mountain biking is it's challenging. It's, it's a different, it's different than hiking or, or running, you know, there's, there's a lot that can go wrong and a lot of dangers associated with mountain biking. It's an intimidating sport. Um, I, I, like I said, it brings out your true colors. I definitely was, I threw temper tantrums. I blamed <laughs> my bike a lot in the beginning. I became very frustrated with the whole process. And over time I realized, wait a minute, this sport is helping me learn to overcome fears. It's learning. It's helping me learn to change my thoughts from negative fear-based thoughts to positive productive thoughts to keep my wheels rolling forward. That's been a huge one. You can't think about what your face might look like if you smash into that rock, you know, you have to keep, you know, you have to, you can't stare at that tree and expect not to hit it. You have to keep your focus on what needs to happen to get through that rock garden or to get through that technical section. Um, it really taught me to give into the process of learning and being patient with myself and not being so hard on myself when I, when I fail. It taught me to get comfortable being uncomfortable, how to dig deep and persevere. Um, it's like, you know, a long, hard technical climb that hurts, that makes you feel like you want to give up, but you get to the top because you didn't give up. It really showed me 
personally that I'm capable of all the discomforts that mountain biking throws at me. Therefore, I'm capable of the discomforts that life throws at me as long as I just keep moving one pedal stroke at a time. And it's a very individual sport. It's just you and your bike. It's a big thing I try to get into women's heads is it doesn't matter what everyone around you is doing, no matter how fast your riding partners are or how how skilled they are. It's just you and your bike creating this bond and this experience together. So I really think mountain biking stands apart in that it's challenging, it's challenging intimidating, and can really teach us a lot about ourselves. Yeah, yeah, those are all really good points. So... I want to switch gears a little and ask you, why do you think there aren't more women who ride mountain bikes? I think because of what I just mentioned before, it's an intimidating sport. And for many years in the magazines, all you really saw was men riding. And if if they did feature women, and I'm talking the 90s and the early 2000s, mm-hmm. they featured racers. And I lived that life. I, I married a pro downhill racer in 2003 and I knew nothing. I didn't even know downhilling was a thing. I raced cross country. I was just so proud of myself for going to a Norba national race. And I met this wild downhill racer who just took me under his wing and brought me to all the races with him. But I was still, there was still a level of intimidation for me. I saw these rad pro racers, but I didn't see many women. We would stop at shops and do product demos and ride with people and create these group rides, come ride with the pro, and women wouldn't show up. And I just wasn't finding women to ride with who just wanted to ride and enjoy the sport beyond racing. And so I started to ask questions and I realized uh, a lot of people either thought, oh, it's just riding a bike. I'll be fine at it. How hard can it be? And then went out and tried it, had a scary experience and never went back or got introduced to it by someone who was very capable and strong and they felt their ego get squashed and mm-hmm. decided this isn't for me because maybe they didn't get the right advice or learn the proper technique and just got frustrated and gave up. So I I really think the intimidation factor and the male dominance was a deterrent for a lot of women getting into this sport in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today it seems like a lot of folks in the industry do want to make an effort to get more women into mountain biking and to kind of make it more accessible for more people. From your perspective, what's the right approach? Like how how could the industry and, and just people in general get more women into mountain biking. Yeah, I think I think just speaking directly to women is really important. I'm really proud of being sponsored by Live Bicycles. It's a company dedicated to making bikes for women by women. Um, SRAM has always been a supporter of mine since the beginning, and they have a women's program. Uh, where they have people like me as ambassadors teaching women how to set up their suspension and do basic bike bike maintenance and not be so intimidated by how to change a flat or how to work on your bike if you're out riding alone and something happens. I think just educating women and speaking to them like they're humans and not making them feel uncomfortable by allowing an open forum for questions. I think shops could do a better job at hiring more women so that when women walk into a shop, they don't only see men and men's products. There's definitely a lot of wonderful men out there. I'm not bashing men by any means who can speak directly to women and make them feel comfortable. But I also think there is something to be said for if she can do it, I can do it. If she's teaching me, that means I'm going to be capable of this. There's just a real bond when women speak to women or women teach women about this sport. So I think I think the industry is definitely headed in the right direction. More women are becoming uh, employees at a higher level in companies. Uh, more s- companies are sponsoring women as ambassadors, not based on race results and performance. I'm one of those women. I did not have any accolades or world championships, but I got sponsorship money from these companies because they saw my passion in getting more women involved in the sport by speaking directly to them. And I also felt like it was really important to address the emotional component of mountain biking openly and publicly. Instead of just showing women in magazines getting rad and doing things that many women might be intimidated by, 
Let's talk about how scary this sport is. Let's talk about how this sport can bring out fears and help us learn what courage means and perseverance looks like. Like there's just so many ways to attract women to this sport. And I think it all starts with being real about how scary it is, but also how empowering it can be. Yeah. I mean, hearing you you say all that makes me think too. I mean, that, that applies to all people, right? I mean, if I think about how do I get my kids into mountain biking? Well, uh, it is intimidating and, and there is media that, that portrays it a certain way and might, you know, put people off of the sport. And I know I've been guilty of bringing friends, male friends who don't ride bikes. And I say, Hey, it would be great. You should come with me. It'll be fun. And then, you know, of course I do a terrible job of you know, easing them into it. And I take them on a trail that's too hard and they're on a bike that's not good and all those things that we do wrong. And yeah, it does take, seems to take a a concerted effort to like really embrace people and bring them into the sport kind of the right way. Absolutely. And that's why I started Ladies All Ride, because I see the power that ladies should all ride bikes. I always say the world would be a better place because women would be more confident in themselves, would believe in themselves more, would see that they are independent and can handle life on their own. I recently went through divorce after 15 years of marriage, and it was terrifying. And Honestly, after being with someone for 15 years, it was my bike that proved to me that I'm capable of living life on my own and handling whatever comes at me on my own. My bike showed me that I'm strong and I want that for more women. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So what does a weekend camp look like in terms of the schedule and activities for a a ladies all ride weekend? Yeah. We, we just want to make sure it's very welcoming. You know, it's, it's a sport that it, it just, it, we're all equal in mountain biking. We're all just humans trying to figure life out. And that's really what we celebrate with mountain biking is that we're all just humans trying to figure out the method to the madness of mountain biking, which translates into life. So we start our weekends at a, at a shop. Usually it's a live giant dealer and we have a welcome happy hour and we have beer and kombucha and wine and water and snacks. And we have women make nameplates since we, we call it nameplates, not number plates where they, they write their name on a nameplate. They can decorate it if they want or not. They put that on the front of their bike so everyone can see everybody's name. But the meet and greet is a way for everyone to just sort of relax and meet all the coaches and see that we're all just regular humans who are really passionate about mountain biking. We're not a bunch of egocentric rock stars who think we're all badasses on a bike. We're actually just humble women who have learned usually most of us the hard way and we're passionate about paying it forward and helping more women get involved. So they come to this meet and greet happy hour where they just get to mingle and kind of let their guard down and get to know everyone. And then the next morning we have demo bikes so they can come and demo a live bike um, it's really cool now we have RockShocks Reverb Axis seat droppers. So if somebody doesn't have a seat dropper, we can just pop one on their bike and they can demo it because there's no cable. So, so we set them up on their bikes in the morning. They have coffee. They mingle a little bit. And then I start the morning with a big speech and I talk about why I do this. And I tell my story of how mountain biking has changed my life. I talk about ego and how we don't have egos here. And if you're looking around, sizing her up and checking out her sweet new outfit and that really expensive bike, that doesn't belong at these camps. There's no comparing yourself to others. There's no stress about whether you're going to be good enough or fit enough. We're all entering into this equal And I just make sure that I address that and I address that we're here because we're passionate and we just want to celebrate our joint love of bikes and help everybody progress and live their best lives using mountain biking as a tool. Uh, Then we break into our groups and each there's two coaches per group, a head coach and an assistant coach, and then seven participants per group. So it's very personalized coaching. Uh, everybody fills out a questionnaire before they come to the camp. So they're placed in groups very carefully um, according to their riding experience and what they want to learn. And during the mornings, we go through skills and drills on grass and with features and rock gardens that are prefabricated so people can really learn how to move the bikes around and how to, how to do all the basics and how to balance on the bikes in a really safe, controlled environment. Then we have lunch as a group. We have a raffle, which is great from all of our sponsors, lots of great prizes. 
then our, the groups, you stay in the same group all weekend. That way everybody gets really comfortable because we're asking women to be vulnerable. We're asking you to do things that scare you and to do it in front of other people. And we want to make sure that, that everyone just feels really comfortable and welcome and supportive of each other and knows that even us coaches are vulnerable. We don't do it perfectly every time. We fall in front of our students and have to pick ourselves back up. Um, and then after lunch, we take it to the trails. And depending on where we are in the country, we've chosen some great trail networks that have lots of technical features. We spread out and we work on everything we learned on the grass in the mornings, out on the trails in the afternoons. Um, and then day, day one, when the trail riding is done, at about 4.30, everybody breaks into education stations. And we have multiple stations. They can pick two uh, where they can learn to fix a flat or basic bike maintenance, or there's a fear talk or a nutrition talk. Um, I do a I do a slideshow on a big monitor where I go through different skills and drills. I have this thing on my Instagram called Teachable Tuesdays where I show some different riding scenarios and talk people through what I'm doing. So we, we do a little bit of that to let people ask questions. And it's also kind of my way of teaching everybody by having this little presentation at the end. So we make sure that we teach them a lot of things off the bike as well at the end of the day. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And they're fun. Sounds sounds jam-packed. It is pretty packed. We definitely, it's two full days of all this. And um, we just want to make sure women walk away with a deeper understanding of mountain biking, of the lifestyle that it comes with, of the community that it builds. And we hope that they'll pay it forward and take everything they've learned uh, into their own communities and help continue to grow the presence of women. Yeah, that's great. Well, what, what are some of the foundational mountain bike skills that you teach in your clinics? Are there are there like one or two skills that riders can really focus on that are going to have a big payoff? You know, like I said, every person fills out an extensive questionnaire before the camp. So we get a, and we read every single one with, you know, tooth and nail and make sure we are really hearing what they want to learn. And then they're broken up into groups and each group caters their lessons to that group. So you're not going to get the same experience at our camp if you come twice and you've progressed in your riding over a year you're going to be with a group that might move a little bit faster than the year before. Um, So the beginners are going to work on basic balancing and body position and shifting and braking and using their seat dropper and, you know, just all the things that involve learning how to work the bike. Uh, More intermediate riders who've had some time on the bike may go through those things a little bit quicker we're really good about asking questions and making sure that we're teaching what everybody wants to learn. Mm-hmm. But as far as specific skills, everybody gets excited when they start getting their wheels off the ground, you know, just doing <laughs> right. the variation of wheel lifts. Cause there's many ways to help your wheel get over technical features. So by teaching women the basic wheel lift, the manual wheel lift, and of course, popping a wheelie is always a, a famously exciting one for <laughs> women because they think they can't do it. And I can't yeah. tell you how many times I hear, well, I'm, I'm 58 years old. There's no way you're going to teach me to wheelie. And we're, it's just something <laughs> that we love hearing because we're like, want to bet? <laughs> yeah, that's a challenge. It's, yeah, but it's technique. And it's, there's nothing better than seeing someone say, I can't do that. And then hearing how to do it, putting it into practice and accomplishing it. And that's... I'd say that's the number one skill that has the biggest payoff is when women learn the process, try it and do it. That has the biggest payoff because then they realize they're capable of more than they imagined. So I definitely love teaching wheel lifts and everybody wants to get better at cornering. So we have a lot of fun cornering drills up our sleeves that help women really understand the positioning you need to be in to tackle different kinds of corners. Right. Does coaching come naturally to you? Or is this something that you've had to practice and and learn to do over time? Well, when I first got into mountain biking in the 90s, there was no language. There was no one gave me any pointers or told me what to do. I I pretty much just knew how to pedal and I had tenacity. So I would do pretty well in cross-country races. But when I met and married a downhill racer, he was also a free rider. So he did lots of tricks on his bike. And he always would say he turned turned the trail into a skate park. And so riding behind him, I would see this playfulness and, and I was very curious how to do all that. So I, I met him in 2002 and I was, I, went, I was at the very first Crankworks and I remember 
learning how to downhill and just kind of being out on my own. And a group of women I had recently met were invited me to ride with them. And one of them said, Hey, if you put your elbows out a little bit, you'll have a little more control. And I remember thinking, what? There's a method to this. (laughs) And I got certified to coach, I think in 2010 from the PMBI and the ICP, there's a couple different certifications you can take. And that is when things started to shift for me. And I realized, oh my gosh, women are not being explained things well. They're not being told what to do from their toes to the top of their head. There's a lot of details to get across. And I just threw myself into as many teaching opportunities as I could. I started asking all these pros I was surrounded by question after question. I got them even thinking more about what they do because a lot of people struggle to articulate it. And once I learned how to articulate it and learned how women need to learn, which is they need details, uh, over time, I would say it does come naturally to me. And it is honestly, I feel like I'm one of the luckiest people on the planet to have found my true calling. It is something I feel natural at and I feel like I was meant to do. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, how do you progress in terms of your own skills? Oh, that's the beauty of mountain biking. I don't think it's a sport you can ever really perfect. Even the best in the world still have crashes, you know? So for me, as I get older, I'm 40, I'm going on to 46 this year. And last year I had my first ever knee surgery. I have a hole in my cartilage and they tried to fill it in with a microfracture and it didn't really work. So I have kind of a new normal with a knee that acts up and you know, that's, that, that, that took some growing pains to get through. Um, that also helped me sort of progress my skills and choosing my lines a little more carefully, picking and choosing what I want to do. I want to ride forever. I don't need to be the baddest or the raddest hitting all the big drops and the gap jumps. For me, progressing my own skills is always getting better at cornering, always trying to find a way to ride everything on a trail that I've never been on smoothly, confidently, and in control. And honestly, one of my favorite things in the whole world is to ride a trail I've never seen before at speed and just react as it comes at me. And I feel really proud that I can just jump on any trail anywhere and feel really confident in my skills and how those skills apply to every trail. Uh, You just have to adjust based on the terrain. Um, but to answer your question, it's a sport that I don't think anyone is ever going to be perfect at. So I'm always progressing in terms of my own skills, always. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. And it, it seems like too, I mean, even if you're not like, yeah, trying to jump bigger gaps or, you know, clock faster times, I mean, a big part of it is just staying healthy on the bike and, you know, having the correct form so that you're not being injured and that you can continue to ride, you know, for years and years to come. I feel like that's one of those things that a lot of people neglect and and maybe don't think of in terms of progression, but it is about like learning how to ride correctly and, and efficiently, right? Absolutely. I mean, we do, I have heard some comments from women who maybe have raced kind of like I did cross country, but never took a lesson. And, you know, well, I've been, I've been riding a really long time. I don't really need a lesson. And, you know, one person who comes to mind is Rebecca Rush. She is a a friend of mine and I'm a big fan of hers, but we, we met in 2010 when she started her SRAM gold rush tour. And she looked me in the eye and said, I'm racing endurance races right now. And I have no idea how to handle technical terrain. And that was huge for me. I was like, you're a badass. Your nickname's the queen of pain. And she's like, yeah, because I know how to suffer, but I don't, I don't know how to handle the technical stuff that comes at me. I get off and run. And I was, I was the same way. So I found it was very empowering to learn how to technically handle your bike and the details that comes with it and being able to pay that forward and teach other women how to handle scary looking terrain and make it seem smooth is one of the most empowering things about mountain biking is I just rode that because I, because I learned how, and I did what I needed to do. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, like you said, kind of the other side of that is, is your fitness and your endurance. What role does fitness play in mountain bike skills and overall just confidence on the bike. Yeah, I think, you know, we try to emphasize at our camps that you don't have to be super fit to attend a camp. It's not, our camps aren't about going out and hammering out a bunch of miles and seeing how hard we can push. Our camps are about 
learning the nitty gritty of the skills and how to move and how to balance on a bike that's changing angles and bouncing around underneath you. But with that does come a level of fitness and a level of strength. If you don't have a little bit of endurance and you're standing and learning how to move up and down on your bike all day, that can get tiring pretty quickly. And contrary to some belief, it's not just in your legs. Mountain biking has a lot of upper body involved. You know, your legs are there to propel you forward and to be the uh, stabilizing force for your body weight, but your arms and your core and your shoulders and your back and all that needs to work together to guide that front end and help that bike stay light and get through things. So, you definitely have to have a level of fitness, which will always increase confidence as, as people see themselves progress, or maybe they couldn't make a climb one day and four tries later, they, they end up making it. Like, how can you not feel really good about that? And I think one of the most beautiful things about mountain biking is we like to say progression, not perfection. And progression on a mountain bike is very obvious. Like I didn't make that last time. And today I did. That is a huge feeling of accomplishment that I feel like rolls over into life. When I see women progressing in, with their fitness and their overall confidence, that kind of clicks in their brains where they say, what else do I hold myself back from that I could be progressing at? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I heard somebody recently talking about running and saying how, you know, it's, it's one of the few activities where you can learn without having to lose, or it's one of the few sports where that's the case. And I th mountain biking is clearly the same. I mean, you can be competitive with yourself. You have an easy way to sort of measure your progress and, and you don't have to lose. I mean, it's fun, like all the way along. Um, <laughs> you're not, you don't have to be competing with someone, I guess. And, and trying to, trying to always win. I mean, you're, yeah, you're progressing your own skills. Yeah. And I think there's something really powerful too, in being okay with however you get to the top or however you get through a technical section. You know, you see all these quotes everywhere saying, never give up, never quit. I'm like, actually it's totally okay to give up. You know, <laughs> I, I totally believe in trying your hardest and giving it your all, but there are climbs I have to get off and walk. There are technical features that scare me enough that it's not worth it for me. I have a motto of, you know, risk versus reward. And I'm terrified of raised skinnies. I don't have anything to prove by riding a skinny six feet off the ground, you know? And I'm okay with that. I find pride in walking and, and saying no. I mean, it's just, it's part of life and part of mountain biking. The ability to say no means strength, means knowing what you want, means knowing what your limits are. And it's great to not put limits on yourself and push yourself beyond limits that maybe you did put on yourself. But I also believe in having a healthy set of boundaries that if I don't want to hit that gap jump or hit the biggest drop in the park, and somebody wants me to, to show them how to do it, and I'm not comfortable with it, I feel pretty empowered when I say no. That's just a choice I'm making, and that's that, that creates confidence too. Mm, yeah. Well, how is the current coronavirus situation affecting Ladies All Ride? Yeah, that's, that's been, it's just been a really scary, strange time. In the beginning, we just kind of waited it out and we had some camps in April and May and, uh, we just postponed those and moved them to the fall. Um, in our, our Arkansas, Bentonville, Arkansas and Sedona, Arizona camps, we've moved to the fall. Um, our local Bend, Oregon camps, we've also postponed. We moved their, our June camps to August. Um, so, so far we've, we've only actually canceled one camp, uh, just cause we couldn't find a, a date to reschedule it. And there's so many other things being rescheduled right now, but so far the plan is to run our first camp in Grand Targhee, Wyoming at the end of July. Uh, again, we're still kind of playing it day by day and making sure we're doing the right thing, uh, because we do attract people from other communities into these bike mm -hmm. communities. Uh, we're just making sure that communities we're entering into are, are okay with it, but we're also going to practice social distancing. Our camps are going to look a little different this year. Instead of everybody coming to the meet and greet and gathering in a shop and grabbing beers and glasses, we're, we're not going to have that this year. 
We are, Mm. people are going to have to go directly to their coaches station when they show up, which is a groups of nine. They're going to be spread out amongst themselves and spread out apart from all the other groups. And that's kind of something we already do. I would say only 3% of our camps, everyone is in a big group together. Uh, We don't really go inside. We don't, we, all the venues we teach out of are outdoor venues, um, so we're just going to practice social distancing as best we can while, while still trying to have the same effect of creating community and bonding over bikes. Um, all the coaches are going to have masks and gloves when we have to do bike checks and bike setups. And if, if there's an injury, um, yeah, we're just going to try to do our best to follow the rules and guidelines of keeping our distance um, while still creating a great, a great event for the, for women over the weekend. And like I said, each group only has nine people. So we don't see our events as a big production events because we can keep people spread out. So that's important to us is just making sure we stay outside, we stay spread out and that we utilize as much of the trail networks as we can by really spreading our groups out. So we don't run into very many people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I imagine too, with sort of your model and and what you do, I mean, it, it really, it has to be done in person. I mean, this isn't something you don't get nearly the same experience if you were to, you know, watch a YouTube video or, or be in a zoom call or something. Right. I mean, this is, these are the kinds of things that, yeah, it's important to get together for. Yeah. Mountain biking is definitely something that is, is better taught in person. Uh, I've, I've sort of hesitated teaching anything online. I do these teachable Tuesdays that I came up with, but I just, I'm pretty careful about just showing scenarios that I'm writing and explaining what I'm doing so people can get an idea of the skills involved and the technique involved rather than saying, this is how you do this. Uh, Because I am a believer in eyes on, like being able to have eyes on people and tell them what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, how to correct it, how to be safe. It's, it's one thing to tell someone, this is how you do a wheel lift, but if their body positioning is off and they say flip over the back of the bike or they're practicing a rear wheel lift and they go over the bars and nobody's there to tell them what happened or help them understand it better, it could spook them and turn them off from mountain biking. And because of the danger element of it, I really prefer coaching in person and being able to help people by looking at them, explaining what they're personally doing, um, and helping them that way. Yeah. And it sounds like, like you said, everybody comes at this with a different skill level and, um, sort of their fears or their spots where they're intimidated. And and so it isn't like a one size fits all it's, it's very individualized. And again, that's, that's really tough to do online. It is, you know, I, I do see a lot of online coaching, which is great. There's the more advanced riders who want to learn how to wheelie and they're going to jump on YouTube and watch a wheelie or watch a manual. Um, but jumping and dropping and things like that, it's like, Ooh, I'm not even going to teach that in my in-person classes until I see people can do this, this, and this, these skills that lead up to those more advanced skills. I need to know that you are capable of doing these basic moves before I'm going to encourage you to do a more advanced move. Cause that's, that could just lead to disaster. So teaching someone to do something pretty advanced from the internet just doesn't appeal to me because I don't want the responsibility of a beginner going straight to my dropping lesson and jumping off something without showing me that they know how to stomp their feet on the pedals first, you know? Like if you don't know how to stomp your feet on the pedals, you're not going to be able to really get your wheel up or get your bike to be springy. Like there's some very basic moves that aren't easy for everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. So as a contestant on Survivor back in the early 2000s, (laughs) you ended up forming an alliance with the younger contestants in a bid to vote off the players with, let's say, more life experience. So it's been nearly 20 years, and obviously you've gained a lot of experience and wisdom yourself. So what advice would you give to your younger Survivor contestant self if you could (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, you sound like you might have watched it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also at the same age as you. And so, yeah, I I mean, I look back at 
sort of what I thought and how I acted when I was in my you know twenties, and, and it's a lot different than how I see the world now. Yes, this is very true. And uh, try putting your twenty-five-year-old self on a new reality TV show when it just came out, where th- thirty million to fifty million people were tuning in. <laughs> Um, I would definitely tell my younger self to shut the F up (laughs) and pay attention. It was quite an interesting time being, I didn't really know what I was getting into. First of all, I was racing mountain bikes at the time of the show. I got laid off from my advertising job because the dot-com boom had crashed. Uh, This was 2001 when I got on the show and I kind of went into it blind. And when you're stripped of all your comforts and being forced to starve and not getting enough water, some interesting behaviors can arise. And I definitely sat back and watched myself on national TV and thought I was ashamed of my behavior. I felt like I was just a child. I was, again, like I said earlier, a passenger, not a pilot. I just sort of followed other people and this, the younger people in my tribe, we were stronger and we kind of had it in our heads that this is a game for athletes and we're going to do well by being strong and being athletic. And once we started voting out the older people in our tribe, it, it was kind of like, well, this is easy. Now we have the majority. We might as well keep just voting them out. And when I look back now, I actually just had a Zoom reunion call with my survivor cast and it was really interesting. You know, I I felt the need to apologize to everyone. I said, I haven't really been able to tell you all. I'm really sorry. I was really immature and I didn't really know who I was and who I am now uh, compared to who I was when I was on Survivor. I'm a completely different person. I I definitely transformed my personality in a way that better serves me. I'm more thoughtful. I'm more inclined to listen and to pay attention to what's going on around me. I also, I, I give credit to mountain biking for that, for teaching me that I can control my thoughts and my reactions to things. And I think that was a big part of my embarrassment from Survivor was I was just a very, I was always a very emotionally charged human who reacted with a lot of heavy emotion and didn't really understand myself. And Survivor really exacerbated that side of me, just reacting with emotion when things weren't going right or the fear of being voted out, just all the horrible emotions that Survivor sort of stirred up. And uh, looking back now, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world because it was a valuable experience to help me grow up and help me see myself in a different light. But then I attribute mountain biking for really driving it home and showing me that I'm capable of thinking positive thoughts and not beating myself up and not going through shame spirals and self-loathing. Like it, it all relates. Like the more confidence you have in your abilities on a bike, the better your ride is going to, going to be. And, and I, I relate that to life as well. The more confidently you can walk into the world and the more belief you have in yourself and who you are, the, the easier life's going to be for you. Yeah. Well, do you, do you see this playing out like the sort of the age and experience differences in your students? Like, like, is that something that, that younger writers tend to need to learn? Like to maybe they're overconfident or, or on the flip side, maybe older writers feel like, you know, they're, they're beyond the point where they can learn new skills or things like that. Like, does that, does that play into, uh, some of what you're able to, to teach mountain bikers? it absolutely does. It's huge. I, we, our camps actually attract forties, fifties, and sixties. I would say our median age is late forties and into the fifties. And we get, we get a lot of 30 year olds, um, not as many 20 year olds, but I do find the younger generation, they have more resources. So like you said, they can look at the YouTube videos. They can, they can look up ways to do things and might enter into it with a little more courage and a little chip on their shoulder and then be humbled by the process and the patience that is required to be a good mountain biker. Then the older women, some will come in, well, I've been riding 20 years. I'm not really sure why I'm here because I've mountain biked forever. And then they also get humbled when they realize, oh, wow, I learned to mountain bike with my seat up my ass. And I was pushing my weight way too far away from the front end because somebody told me to just get back. And, and now I'm realizing I had no control over my front end. And so 
it kind of, it's a sport that humbles you no matter what stage you're at, I feel like with mountain biking. But then we do get the older women, like I said, who are 50s, 60s, who tell us they can't do that. And then they do it and it blows their mind. And I, I imagine a lot of them think, what have I held myself back from in life? Thinking I am incapable of, of doing things. Um, I also find it really, really, it, there's a lot of psychology involved in what we do, learning how to read each participant individually and see what kind of coaching they need. That's a real art as an instructor because I have a group of seven, but these are seven different personalities. There's seven different age groups. I mean, I may have a 20-year-old in with a 60-year-old because that's how their survey was filled out. And they become total equals when they're learning these things on a bike and the 60-year-old is encouraging the 20-year-old. Like, we just love that. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that age and experience, it all plays a role, but really understanding as a coach whether this person needs a little tough love and a little like yelling encouragement, you've got this, you know, or this one needs a little gentle touch. Like, I know you're scared, but if you just think these thoughts and believe in yourself, you've got this. Like, that's something I love most, I think, about teaching is learning the psychology of how to deal with different personalities and how to set them up for success by meeting them where they're at and making them feel like it's completely normal to feel the way you feel. And by the end of this, we're going to build your confidence in a way you've never experienced before, no matter where you're at. Yeah. Well, clearly you're very inspiring to a lot of women in the mountain bike world and I'm sure outside of the bike world as well. Who's someone that inspires you? Thanks. Um, well, I've always, I've always looked up to Oprah. How can you not? I just, for years and years, I've watched the Oprah show and just admired how far she's come in a, in a male dominated world. This, you know, broadcasting was very male dominated when Oprah got her start. And I really appreciate her being one of the first talk show hosts to dive into real issues and and kind of advertise that we all have issues. We all have patterns and behaviors that we've developed over time. And she brought that to light. And I think she's one of the first women to publicly help other women learn about themselves and learn how to live their best lives. And that's really what I'm trying to do with mountain biking. I've always said, I wish I could be the Oprah of mountain biking. You get a bike, you get a bike, you get a bike, you know, because I do have a level of of embarrassment with this sport. Sometimes I'm sitting here preaching. This sport is so empowering and it can change your life. But I also know it's not totally accessible to everyone. I also know a good mountain bike can, can be expensive, you know, even a thousand dollars is expensive to people. And so I wish that I had the ability to just give away bikes to people who need them. And maybe one day I'll get there. Um, but that has definitely been, Oprah has been a huge inspiration for me in being open and honest about my own struggles so that I am relatable. And so women, when they come to our camps, can see that I'm not just some athlete who does everything really well and lives this great life and I just have nothing to work on with myself. No, I'm super honest about my own struggles and my own vulnerability. And I want people to feel like this is a place where we can all relate to each other. Um, so yeah, Oprah was a big one. And I already said, Rebecca Rush, who is a, a cyclist, she's inspired me. And then one of my best friends who's in the industry, her name is Angie Weston. She's someone I kind of learned to coach with over the last decade. And she just is a person who comes from a place of kindness and compassion. And I'm just really stoked to be surrounded by such strong, inspiring women. And I hope to just keep paying that forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, in the past, the all ride banner has been hung over all gender events and even events for kids. Do you see an opportunity to extend sort of this model to other underrepresented groups within mountain biking? Oh, of course. I mean, the word all ride, my ex-husband actually came up with the word uh, because he didn't want to be just known as a downhill racer. And this was kind of the time when Santa Cruz was coming out with the Blur LT and the Nomad and these different trail bikes were were showing up. And so his idea was, well, I ride all the bikes. And then when I started Ladies All Ride, I said, well, my 
interpretation of all ride is that we should all ride bikes. That includes... Yeah, that one makes more sense to me. Yeah, so, same, yeah. same. And it's, it's been great because when we got divorced, he's been so supportive of me having this movement and we're still great friends and we share our dogs and it's been awesome because I feel like he gave me this gift by coming up with this word that really encompasses what I do. If women all ride bikes, they're going to find more confidence in themselves. It's going to create community and togetherness and make people realize that we're all just humans trying to figure this life out. And we're all just humans trying to figure out how bikes work and that we all stand for one love and bikes don't discriminate. And I have a strong desire to encourage more diversity in this sport and at our camps. Um, we really try to speak to everyone and make sure everyone knows we stand for the love of bikes and what they can do for our lives, no matter what walk of life you come from, what the color of your skin is, how educated you are, what body type you have, what, if whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. I want people to just see that bikes bring us all together and can create this this unspoken joy when we share it together. So yeah, I have big goals to create more diversity at my camps and in the sport as a whole. And I'm always seeking and asking how I can better diversify this sport that we all love yeah. so much. Yeah. Well, it definitely seems like you've hit upon a model that does encourage all types of people to ride bikes and to experience mountain biking and to get the confidence that they need to, to give the sport a try. So it seems like you're well on your way. Well, thanks. Yeah. And we just want to be really clear that if you identify as a woman, I don't care what you were born, you know, as, or how you identify. If it's a place for people who identify as women to come together and feel seen and heard through a sport that humbles us and creates change and courage amongst ourselves. And again, the togetherness that mountain biking has brought into my life, the community of women who stood by me during divorce, that bike that was always there for me when I needed to get some aggression or energy out. I just want that for more people in general, not even just women. I, I want it for men as well, but I just saw a need to create a series of events that invited women into this sport in a safe and welcoming environment where they know Nobody's looking at them, judging them better than them. We're all equal here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great message. Well, Lindsay, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us and, and for all that you're doing to grow the mountain bike community. Well, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of you, you all, and uh, I'm super honored to chat with you today. Awesome. Well, you can learn more at ladiesallride.com and also you can follow Lindsay and Ladies All Ride on Instagram. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week.